Welcome back to the Rhubarb and Custard podcast. I'm Jojo Smith, aka Rhubarb. And I'm Rosie Wood, aka Custard. This podcast is all about business, branding, confidence and wonky crowns. It's a safe, unapologetic space for business owners and wannabe business owners. If you want to take part in the conversation and help us figure out whether rhubarb is in fact a fruit or a vegetable, you can find us on Instagram at underscore rhubarb and custard. Either way, we're good for you. So welcome back to, I think, episode nine of the Rhubarb and Custard podcast. Um, so we are going to talk a little bit today about niching and finding your niche in business, which I think rolls on really nicely from last week. Um, so our chat with Anna Parker Naples last week was all about podcasting and most importantly, sharing your message to find your people. Um And like I said, I think niching follows on really nicely from that because how do you find your people without a really clear and strong message? But before we get started, Joe, you've just got back from Be Inspired, haven't you? Well, I feel like I should be lying here with my hands on my head like a heroine, not because I did anything heroic, but because I'm like, (sighs) (laughs) that's the biggest (laughs) exhale ever because wow 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 is all I can say it was one of the most exhausting exhilarating amazing experiences ever and that's not me over egging it it's um do you see what I did there this week's uh podcast called niche quiche I'll just throw in an egg I might throw in a few more (laughs) oh no (laughs) be inspired was full of good eggs And it was really good and positive to be around and some amazing messages, um, some amazing businesses, just amazing people. But it was it was exhausting emotionally, um, physically, because um, I was there as creative director. So I did a lot of walking upstairs, downstairs, upstairs, downstairs. (laughs) Um, My body wasn't quite ready for that, but (laughs) it was phenomenal. Think of all the steps. Think of all the steps you did that day. (laughs) Honestly, my legs and my body were just like, what are you doing to me? (laughs) Majority of the, because it was really over three days um, for us because of when uh, myself and some of the team went down. But um, yeah, my body was just like, what are you doing to me? It was, it was, was, there's no other word for it. It was just amazing. And if anybody gets the chance to go, whether it be online or in person, do it, do it, do it, because it was just, I'm still like, I still keep getting little nuggets and little bits of inspiration from the people that were on the stage. And I think because I did it last Mm. time, every time somebody walked off the stage, I was in tears because I knew how that felt to actually have achieved it. And, you know, got to the end of it because it's so nerve wracking. But in the same sense, it's just so like such a big personal achievement. Yeah, it really is. And the connections there that were made in when I say connection, I don't just mean through business. I mean, like connections with friendships and just people, you know, resonating with you and people understanding you and just being in that environment was you met Sandra off Gogglebox, didn't you? <gasps> Sandra off Gogglebox keeps texting me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Um, 
Yeah, I've had quite a few. And I've even had to leave one WhatsApp group because it was just getting too big. Um, <laughs> with Sandra from Gogglebox, she was awesome. And wow, what a, what, a, what a live wire she was. She was hilarious. If you get a chance to actually watch some of that interview with Danny, it was really, really good. And she's loud. She's proud. But her story was really interesting as well. Yeah. And the other one, oh, my goodness, go check out Queen Mojo. She's like, she's definitely a new bestie. Rosie, don't worry, you're still up there. You know, with the collection of friends, um, she was she was awesome. And if you go check her out on her socials, just very uplifting, very refreshing. And man, that girl has got some sass. She literally, she shimmied onto the stage and just loud, proud and just sassy and brilliant. She was just great. Absolutely. It was just full, full of joy. It really, really was. Oh, that's lush. Um, so this week then, so let's talk about niching. Um, and I think it's particularly appropriate also for Be Inspired because Be Inspired is all about standing on stage as the person that you are and sharing your story and your message. And that's not going to connect with everybody in the room, but it's really going to connect and really going to hit home with the people that it's meant to reach with the people that get you and understand you um and have shared experiences with you and that's kind of what niching in your business is all about really isn't it it's about directing your service and your message and your offering to a very specific group of people it takes a brave soul to niche i think a brave entrepreneur And this is why I call it the niche quiche, because you have to decide what ingredients and what slice of the pie you're actually going for, because you can chuck everything in there and, you know, you're going to dilute it a little bit where if you really home in on your flavour and what you're all about, then you're going to stand out more. And we've spoke about this before. I mean, I have, you know, I have this really weird cobbler like analogy when I say to people, Right. If you're a cobbler and you make shoes, then you're a cobbler and you're going to kind of mix in and be diluted with all the other cobblers. But if you're a cobbler for people that have just got one leg and you're the one legged, one shoed cobbler, then you're going to stand out in that crowd, aren't you? Because you've actually been brave enough to go, well, actually, this is all I do. And I think when you do put. It's not so much. Well, I suppose it is a label, but I suppose when you when you decide to breathe be brave and step into that shoe. It's very much like stepping into the personality of your brand. When you put the two together, that becomes very, very powerful because you become known for being that person that deals with that specific problem. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And I think more often than not, when we go into business, I mean, niching is something that should come really naturally because, like I said, more often than not, when we go into business, it's because of something that we have been through or that we have experienced or a problem that we faced that we needed a solution for or if you're inventing a product then you've probably gone to the market and looked for that product and couldn't find it and thought I'm going to make it myself or I'm going to improve something and so you really are an expert in one particular thing um, one particular transformation one particular problem and so when you when you decide intentionally to niche your business, 
you're really putting your hand up and saying to all the people that have been through that same problem or experience or issue, whatever it is, you're putting your hand up and saying, I've been where you are. I know how you feel. And this is what I did about it. And this is how I fixed that problem. I just got a visual image then of being in a crowd of other entrepreneurs and you put your hands up and you're going, Kiwi, this is me. This is what I do. I'm the person you need because you hear that problem. Yeah. And you're like, exactly what you just said. The transformation is that when I didn't, when I, for me, my nation is, is it's the fairy godmother. It's creating wishes into reality with strategy because I, if I go back to, you know, the days, a lot of people, some people will know my story, some people won't, but I come from um, a child in the care system. And when I was looking to figure out exactly who I was within my business and fairy godmother sat rather than a consultant or, um, you know, a coach kind of thing. It was when I really look back at it, it was because I'd wished for a fairy godmother to just help me and hold my hand through some of those times previously. And that's that's what really helped me niche in that area, if that makes sense. And yeah. because obviously of my branding history, what happened, I nearly stepped down the wrong path. Business development was my skill set. Put that all together mm-hmm. with your passion it, it can be hard to identify your niche. I've had a couple of clients, and this is something I do with my clients, is you do have to unpick that story. Sometimes it's blatantly obvious to an outer set of eyes and maybe not so obvious to you what your niche is. I think people really struggle with it. Yeah, I think they do. And I think people worry about it as well because when you're niching, you're shrinking the size of your audience, basically. You know, if you've got... if you've That's got the perception. Yeah, that's the perception. So, for example, let's take something like something arbitrary, like a biscuit, for example. Everybody likes biscuits. Or if you put nuts in it, less people are going to like it and so on and so forth. So it's really easy to look at it and go, well, I'm shrinking my audience. I'm shrinking the amount of sales I can make. I'm shrinking the amount of people that I can reach. But actually, you can make the best damn nut biscuit yeah. Every single person that likes nuts in their biscuits is going to go, that's the biscuit that you need because it's better than all of the rest. And they'll come looking for you intentionally. Yeah, because you become the best at what you do. But you can only become the best at what you do by niching, by having a small um, a small audience or a, a small um, collective of people that you're trying to reach um, and specialising in one particular field. because. You can't be, um, there's a phrase, isn't there? Like jack of all, master of none. Like you can't, you can't be the best in all of the fields. So if you're trying to show up and do too much, nobody's ever going to remember you for the one thing that you're really good at. Yeah. They do say as well that um, if you try to, I think there was a, there was a saying by one of uh, our mutual favorites, Stephen Bartlett, Mm -hmm. if you buy trying to strengthen your weaknesses you weaken your strengths mm, that's good that is a that is and I when I heard that I was like oh my goodness stop trying to be all things yeah just let and, them be weaknesses like don't don't yeah. worry about them just let them be your weaknesses and focus on where your strengths are and do that yeah and be like actually this is my strength don't get me wrong I think it's really important to skill stack again another Stephen Bartlett thing that you know was very much 
if you are, you know, it's really, it, it, it makes you quite successful when you do have different skills that you can yeah. stack. Of course. However, step into that one that you really, really are good at. I mean, mine is probably, you know, is the business development because Definitely. that's what I did for 20 years. Yeah. And that is my skill set. My passion is the courage and confidence. Put those two together. And that's really quite explosive. Yeah. But it's still quite niche because yeah. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying I help this person, that person. I also, for me, so you can have a couple of niches, which actually probably sounds a little bit contradictory. But I deal with sassy business owners, people that really want to find their sass and discover it. They're lively, bold, full of spirit, little cheeky side. So that's kind of what I'm what I'm known for as well. Mm. I think, but so many people are just, you know, I'm a coach. I'm a business coach. Okay, what kind of business coach? Yeah. So uh, how do you how would you how would you advise people to maybe unpick parts of the you know where they can niche? I think that niching needs to come from the very reason that you're here in the first place like how did you there was a you know you haven't always been in business since the day you were born like there was a there was a there was a time before this what was the transition from whatever you did or were doing before to creating your business and why did that happen and what was it that fueled it and what was like where were you in your life so for me for example I came out of corporate um I so I had my eldest went back into my corporate job um after having her and realized that the um the the, the work-life childcare balance was just ridiculous working part-time um and paying for nursery on that salary was pointless um and there needed to be something else because otherwise I was just going to be poor for the foreseeable future <laughs> and poor that's, not what, <laughs> that's not what I wanted like I wanted to be the flexibility to be at home with my daughter so I started an online business and I'd always had those design skills from a marketing background but I started an online business in something completely different um and then it wasn't until about four years down the line three years down the line I can't remember now that I realized that I could combine those two things. So I went into the design industry and this is quite a good example actually for niching because I'm basically sim like the simple version of what I do is I'm a graphic designer, but graphic designer is huge. Like that's everything from logos to adverts to computer games to yeah. like everything um but the skill set that I had and the journey that I'd been on meant that in particular my my skills and my reference point overlapped and meant that I was best positioned to be helping in particular mums who wanted to start and grow their businesses online because I'd run a business I am a mum I understand those things and I have design skills so that's where my niche came from so I think looking back at, at what got you to where you are um, and where your passion is and the, the the people that you most love to help is where you should start with that journey. I think it's quite interesting because like when I'm I'm just assessing my own business as we're talking about this, and I said I could come across as a bit hypocritical or a bit um, 
contradictory. But I would say that you can niche in your brand. I've niched. I'm all out pink and tutus and crowns, you know. So that's where my niche is there because I'm going, you know, I've, I've kind of, anybody that doesn't like pink, I've turned you off straight away. That's, that's a very natural, because that's just you showing up as you though, isn't it? That's just, yeah. that's just almost niching by default. But a lot of people don't realise that that's as simple yeah. as it can be and yeah. so it's like that's where I'm con- because it can be an overthought it can be you're overthinking it just yeah. with what is the default setting yeah because then it becomes really effortless within yeah. your business because I'm like oh what do I wear to work today pink oh job done <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean there's no overthinking it because I'm yeah. happy in it yeah Although it's not like that in my house you came when you came to stay you were surprised by how little yeah, there's no there's lots of sparkle there is no, lots of sparkle yeah there's there lots, lots of sparkle of, but there's no pink it's a nice it is a nice balance until you it's step up. into the office of course where it, everything is pink it's all out pink this is my happy sassy space <laughs> and where else would you want to be the most happiest than when you're at work because you spend so much time there yeah. so it's like um you know that's i've niched in that in that style but it's interesting you said that that's my default setting Mm. so okay that's my niche in my brand so my niche in my business is kind of who I help and it's you know the business the business development and the branding because that's the journey I went on yeah my my I've niched in my title and my label because I'm a fairy godmother I'm not a coach yeah it's kind of, so it's quite interesting actually that you can niche in different areas yeah but ultimately it it all ties together yeah. as one really because <laughs> because like your pinkness and your natural personality it being then branding and business development fairy godmother is an extension of that really isn't it yeah but I think for people to break it down to figure out how they can maybe get there it's maybe it's not such a daunting process no then because it's like okay let me niche in these different areas and then you know see how it see how it knits together mine has definitely evolved because yeah of course it started you know one bit and then it kind of evolved and rolled into into the others but I wasn't afraid to then niche I already made that you know bold brave you know, decision to go, yes, all pink and all tutus and crowns. Yeah. So once I did that, the rest kind of came a bit easier because I'd already been brave enough to step into that niche. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It was just, I'm already showing up as myself. So I'm just going to go all in on that. <laughs> yeah. Go hard or go home. Yeah. That's, like, and- I'm already wearing the tutu. So I'm just going to put the crown on. Might yeah. as well. <laughs> let's put the sprinkles on top of the cake yeah. <laughs> let's, I'm already here <laughs> yeah I'm already here I've already arrived this is what it is so yeah. for anybody that is you know kind of thinking how do I niche it is you do need to step into I mean we spoke about this previously about stepping into your shoes be brave enough to do that because it really can make all the difference in how you stand out Definitely. within within your industry with what you do and you know what again if you're struggling just think what the hell do I want to do and who the hell do I want to serve what's going to make me bounce out of bed in the morning 
Yeah. That will help you niche as well because that's about who you want to be around. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to note, like, it doesn't mean that you can't do the things that are outside of that. Like, if you've got multiple offerings, um, it doesn't mean that you can't continue to to offer those things. Or if you've got a large product suite, um, it doesn't mean that you can't have a large product suite. It's just niching gives your strategy a direction it gives you a place to focus your business because you will you will by default we've said that a few times haven't we you will by default attract the people for those offerings for the peripheral stuff but when you when you go out and you channel your social media and your messaging and all of your marketing to one specific type of person, you're going to find that you you start to build that audience of people much, much quicker because you're speaking directly to them. Yeah. So when it comes to writing your emails, posting in your group, naming your Facebook group, um, posting out, like writing content for your social media, picking topics to talk about on your podcast, you'll know what they are because yeah. you know who they're for rather than trying to pick something for this person and something for that person and something for this person. It really helps with the overthinking, you know. It really, really does because there's only one route, Mm. really. It stops that whole confusion like you just said. When when you said, you know, who am I aiming this at? When you do kind of niche down. Who am I talking to? It's it is so much easier. It, it makes so that whole much process easier. so much quicker, and yeah. yet people are so afraid of it. Yeah. So, I think for our little takeaway, this I'm gonna I'm so you always set the dad Joe, but I'm gonna do it this time. <laughs> oh, she's coming for you. She's coming so, for you. I want you, and I do this with my with my own branded clients, I want you to think about the clients that you already have or people that you've worked with in the past or people that you would love to work with if you haven't had any clients yet, if you're brand new. Can we make a chart? Can we make a chart? Yeah, you can make a chart if you want. Clients and, that you yeah, love. And you're going to, yeah, so you're going to, the, the goal from this is, to, is for you to have a, what would Sandra want or what would Sally want or what would, you know, Dave want? Um, so <laughs> everyone's got a mate called Dave did you know that <laughs> so I want you to pick somebody that that really uh like the idea of working with them or working with them really lights you up like they are the person who is perfect for your product or your service or your transformation or whatever it might be and I want you to write down um either from experience or from assumption what what questions did they ask you? What information did they need from you? What experience did they need from you? What transformation did they need from you? What problems did they have? How did you make them feel when you solved those problems? Or maybe maybe it's this is an ongoing process and you're still working with them. What blocks did they have? Um, and really identify what it is. So this is like ideal client work, but in reverse a little bit. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So like what were all of the things so that you can go away or go forward writing things like your content for social media writing sales pages or your copy on your website or an email whatever it might be for that person so every time you sit down to do it you're just writing Sandra an email or you're writing a post on Facebook for Sandra so that you can literally imagine each time 
that that's who you're doing it for. And it's really going to help you direct that content. Um, and, you know, if you know them, go and ask them, like, what do you what do you want to learn about this subject? How do you want to learn that? Does that is that better in video format? Is yeah. that better in an infographic? Do you prefer to read that, listen to it and really get to know them as a real person? I think what you just said about, right, you know, go there and do this exercise. Mm. What really like, what I got excited about when you said that was like, I was thinking, think of all your past clients, right? And this obviously has to be confidential. Um, Think about all your past clients, write down and kind of really home in on the ones that lit you up. Yeah. And what it was about that, because I think if you can bring that in, if you're working with clients, that you, if you're doing this exercise with clients you pass work with, mm. then you can do that because you can like, that bit was the best part of my job and I really excelled at it and I love doing it because we all do better at what we love, mm. don't we? It's, it's basic, it's fact. Yeah. So if you can do that with past clients rather than working on assumption, if you've got to work with assumption because you're quite new within your business, then like Rosie said, imagine Sandra and imagine the things that you would be doing. Where did we get Sandra from? I don't know. She just felt, oh, Sassy oh, Sandra. Oh, yeah, Sassy Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really home in on those things that you you love to do because that really will help you yeah. discover your niche quiche. Um, yeah. It's going to be a thing now, niche quiche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Really, really honing those things. That will help you pick out what it is that you love to do. And then picking out that person that you're doing it for is going to help you find more of those people because you can speak directly to them. Because if one person's got that problem and that experience, then other people will have the same. I'm just going to put this out there as well, because I do think it's important. It's okay to lose some of your product suite as well if it's not serving you. And I think it is important to say that because there are a lot of entrepreneurs that do have their fingers in lots of quiches, lots of pies. And sometimes that will stop you from really excelling and doing well and taking on other clients that would really light you up. So don't be afraid to assess and maybe drop some of the services that you might not might, might not be serving you. For, for instance, in my business, At the very beginning, I was doing an awful lot of signage because that's where my business kind of started, the creative signage part of it. And I still still do do elements of it. However, now it's a slightly different process and I'm not as involved in that. I still can be, but it takes me away from those areas that really, really light me up. However, it did bring in money. And it brought yeah. in finance to begin with. And I yeah. still do step into it, but I step in now to the ones that are really about the creative, inspirational elements of signage. So that might be within schools or it might be for events um, and that kind of thing. But before it was like, you know, there was a fair bit of shop signage and yeah. things like that, which I did enjoy doing that for um, new entrepreneurs and it was their new business and they were just like so proud of their sign that you know that 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 area of it you know fulfilling that for somebody lit me up but I have stepped away a little bit from that now because there's other areas so Mm. don't be afraid to drop some of the product suite because as your business grows and as you really learn of what you love to do you will things will drop along the way and that's okay you're not 
necessarily leaving money on the table because what you'll be doing is bringing money in for the areas that you really excel at does that make sense I hope that yeah yeah that makes sense yeah I think that's just that's a natural progression isn't it yeah and like the more your business grows and then you get to work with this client and that client it might be that you know you don't know that you love something until you've tried it and done it do you so it's it's just a natural progression that as your business grows and develops and you grow and develop as a business owner as a professional as somebody skilled in a particular um occupation is that the right word I don't know um <laughs> you know what I mean that it's, it's a Wednesday afternoon we're into the afternoon now you can call <laughs> whatever you want to call them. I think people that listen to us now are kind of getting our language yeah <laughs> so for our takeaway I'm just gonna say to you decide on what flavor niche quiche you are because this is my new saying now a niche quiche just because it rhymed I liked it it was sassy don't be afraid to make that decision don't be afraid to assess it and see what flavor you actually are and home into that flavor and really run with it because it will actually be quite freeing and it will really help you within your business So if you're sitting there thinking about your business, feeling a little bit overwhelmed and like you could do with some help and support as you niche down, um, we still have some places available on the Sweet Retreat, which is the 22nd of November. This is three days of mine and Joe's eyes on you and your business, helping you pull out, harness, embrace and define what it is that makes you unique so that you can stand out online. Um, we have branding workshops. We have Joe hosting an incredible Fabisas workshop. And we even have a brand photographer joining us as well. So you leave with some really, really stunning personal brand photography images as well. You can find full details of the retreat over on our Instagram page. And we would love you to come and join the conversation over there as well and give us a follow. The account is at underscore rhubarb and custard. But for now, it's bye from me, custard. And it's bye from me, Rhubarb. And we'll look forward to seeing you on episode 10. Yay! Double figures. (laughs) Bye. Bye.